this one time again. We were in a bit of a pickle. Several of the characters in our Dungeons and Dragons party had been surrounded by a group of bad guys. We were totally outnumbered, and we were in some pretty serious trouble. But we had hope. There was one player in the living room sitting around our table whose character was not with us. He was going to be able to come to our aid and save us, because the bad guys thought that they had caught our entire party. So when the time came, our dungeon master looked over at that player whose character wasn't with us, and he asked, What does your character do? And that player shrugged, and he said, I'm not doing anything. My character's still over here. We were dumbfounded. A few, more, a few more minutes passed. The scene continued. The tension ratcheted up. The danger increased. And then once more, the DM looked over at that player, and he asked, Does your character do anything? And the guy shook his head again. No, my character's over here still doing that thing. Twice more this happened. The DM asking if his character would take an action, and twice more that player declined. Finally, the DM had put things off long enough, and he had no other real recourse but to start combat. And when the dice came out, that player who had refused to help us finally looked up and he asked, Wait, am, am I there? Am I seeing this? And we all looked over at him, and he followed up with, Okay, wait, so what's going on then? Can I take an action and help? Okay, roll for initiative. All right, welcome to On a Roll, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to to have fun. fun. So, I am Ryan, the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And, of course, Jason. The favorite. And also the one with the adjective. I don't know. I don't have anything this week. (laughs) That was disappointing. I know. I was going to say something about my socks and remember to use that one last week. Really? Yeah, you did. Do you have something different? Do you want to try it again? No. You're the only one wearing a hat? No, for real. Uh, no, I'm good. No, okay. good. I have the only one wearing a hat. That's true. Yeah. I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me is the legend Carrie. Hi. And of course, Jason, the favorite, also the only one wearing a hat. So, if you like what you hear, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. Of course, the podcast appears on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can find all of the, you know, crap that you listen to to fill time. <laughs> so, if you need more or, crap to listen to, listen to us. Something to listen to on the way to work. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to hang out with us, we can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash honor roll podcast. Uh, and if you want to send us an email, of course, you can always email us at hosts at honor So having gotten all of the uh, garbage out of the way. We've done the business. When we last left our intrepid adventurers, we were recording a podcast, but that was a week ago. So now, before we record this podcast, I'd love to know, Jason, what you've been doing this past week. Well, obviously we want to make this... And we're out of time. <laughs> That's much better. We did, you know, we did get that one criticism. We, we got a criticism? We got one oh, criticism. feedback. I love yes. feedback. Feedback, yeah. that's a good term. Give and us and the guy said that he did not like to listen to a lot of podcasts because intros tended to be too long. And, and to be fair, I frequently have the same criticism of other podcasts, but those people are less interesting than us. <laughs> 
So I'm pretty sure that whatever's going on in my life is super fascinating. Well, you know, the truth be told, there are a lot of podcasts out there, and many of them, unless you're a super commercial professional like PBS podcast, you know, or how your if your house stuff works or if you're invisibilia or something like that. Even invisibilia the first episode, they did they did a few minutes on who they were and why they were able to talk with authority. Right. And and I think it's important that you get a couple of minutes just to hear about what we've been up to to know who we are because if you're going to take our our thoughts and and advice if you consider it to be advice on how to make your game more fun, then you should also have some idea of whether or not you like us because nobody wants to take advice from people they don't like. Well, if I think they're smarter than me, maybe. Ooh, when don't. I find somebody I don't like that's smarter than me, I will listen to them. So what you're saying is everyone should skip ahead to the 10-minute mark and then just get is into it, the meat of this minute? podcast. I thought we were up to 20 We minutes. are not smarter. <laughs> you know, maybe that's what we should do is post at the beginning in the intro, skip to 10 you know, ten oh six. If if you don't want to hear this part, we could write the minutes, the minute marker down. So, but, but like a YouTube video. I would, I would like to say though that I did read that thread, and he was polite about it. Oh, he, he was absolutely very was. Like, and he, he was, also yeah. said that he liked the meat. He oh. liked getting to the meat of the discussion, which was a pretty heavy discussion last yeah. week. So the thing that I'm actually doing this week is it's something I have to do tonight because tomorrow is the submission deadline. Oh. Is there's this thing called the 200 word RPG challenge? Really? You have to write a RPG that is no more than 200 words long, and it has to be a complete game. Wow! And the purpose of it is to encourage people like myself, who are an aspiring game designer, to complete something. And also, they go through them and they pick. Uh, I want to say three winners, and they get some sort of recognition. One of the best parts about this is that you can go back in their archives, and it lets you randomly jump around and look at all the old games that other people have written, and there's a lot of really cool, interesting stuff in there. I don't have time to, to talk about all of them, but I would look them up That's just to see. And they're all 200 words. Or less. And you can actually make a whole role-playing game in 200 words. You absolutely can. Now, most of them tend to be very narrative, because obviously I can't build an entire setting in 200 words. Or, or mechanics. Right, but you, many of them have one or two core mechanics and ultimately, almost every RPG is built around one or two core mechanics. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm impressed that you're going to be able to write 200 words. It's been a while. It took me six weeks to write my bio, and you still have to edit it down from <laughs> uh, 500 words to, what, like 50? Right. <laughs> and also, you have to make them better words, so that would be good, too. Right. So if you just want to write it. Maybe I should just give you an outline? <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. All right. Well, what about what about you, Carrie? What have you been up to this past week? Well, I don't know if uh, the listeners picked up last week when I I was I was a little out of it last week. Uh, you were under the weather. I was. Um, so two weeks ago, I had surgery. Yes. And so I thought I was doing better this week. So last uh, Thursday, I went and did yoga, and now I'm dying again. <laughs> to be fair, so, no one should do yoga. Oh, good. It's the devil's sport. My, I, I went with Dakota, my daughter, and she, super, and she did really well and was super excited about it. But, whew, I should have waited another week. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting. So I've uh, not done a super large amount of anything this week that's required 
moving around. Uh, right. I have uh, done some uh, online scenes uh, for my LARP. I'm more interested in hearing about your new art projects. Okay, well, I was going to get there. Um, <laughs> like, like and, I like your role playing stuff, but I love your art. Yeah, I think I appreciate that. If people want to see your art, they can go to facebook.com/realfunstudios. Yes, R E E L, because it's a pun. It is a pun. It's good that you spell it because I always forget, and that's why I can never find it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey. Um, so yeah, I've uh, because I've been laid up. I've been kind of in uh, more like a fugue state, thinking about things state, and so um, I've got a new art project that I'm going to work on this summer to hopefully you know get out so I'm gonna as soon as I get a little bit more of that nailed down because I'm still doing some of the research on like the the actual like mechanical stuff like for what I want to make because like I don't normally you're not ready to mention it yet no I don't want to mention it yet you're afraid you're gonna jinx it well no I've actually mentioned what I'm doing on my Patreon account which is different and I wanted to give them that's they fair. they get yeah. they get to know they about or everybody else. So yeah. right. so if you want to know what my project is, uh, you give can me a dollar. Support me on <laughs> on uh, my my Patreon, the Carrie Varner Patreon. Um, and but, as soon as that check clears, yeah, yeah. as soon as the deposit I'll, goes I'll let through, you know that you're, you're in. Um, on the flip side, the other Patreon that I've been uh, kind of manning is our Patreon. Oh, yes. for this podcast, yeah, right for the podcast. Are we? Um, are we still losing money? <laughs> no, we are not. We have actually met our first goal. Yay! So that means that even though we only have three listeners, <laughs> each one of them is donating like $5. Something like that, yeah. yeah. No, we actually, we have four patrons. Wow, really. four patrons. And uh, the, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name them off now. Because they get shout-outs. They do, they get shout-outs. Wait, so, is, do we literally shout? We don't have to shout-shout. Okay. Uh, so Cameron Pruitt. Yay! Yay! Uh, Tanya Evans, Yay. Kim Campbell, Yay. and then the Lost Colonies LARP. Yeah, oh, they're, cool. they're a really cool LARP that this guy's starting. It's kind of set in uh, the colonial period, but in a fantasy universe. Oh, nice. that's neat. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's a guy I know on Facebook. He's really cool. Very, very well, cool. Well, thank you guys for uh, supporting us on oh, Patreon. Oh, yeah, we need to remember with their link up. Yeah. 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 You know, what's one of the things that's really cool about our Patreon is that, you know, like this first goal was to pay for our... Our hosting fees and things that are actually just monthly fees that having a podcast comes with. So yes. it's very exciting uh, to have people supporting us. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and you can do that there. Yes. So, Absolutely. There you go. There we go. So what have you been up to, Ryan? Oh, well, I've had an actually kind of an exciting week with, uh, you know... It can't be as exciting as volcanoes and retirement homes. <laughs> or yoga. Well, you know, the, the volcano nursing home thing is just, that's going to be ongoing. Wait, so, so wait, there's a tornado hitting Florida, right? or a hurricane hitting Florida, so that's, are you manning that desk? You know, we're, it's, we're not, because here's the thing, is that Florida gets hurricanes so often that they kind of know what to do, and it handles itself a lot. Okay. So, uh, for this, no, this isn't big enough, this is... So what have you been doing? Well, what I have been doing is, you know, I'm working on the gum belt still. Yes, and I'm so been, excited. We've been really hung up on this whole baggage thing, right? Did you get it figured out? We got it figured out. Okay, so you need to tell us. I know what baggage is. 
All right, so baggage at its simplest is the merits and flaws system. But a baggage is a merit and a flaw, right? What would happen is there are these things called bullet points, which uh, if you played Seventh C, they're like the drama drama points, right. or you know, a lot a of lot, games, a lot of systems use that nowadays. Yes. Savage Worlds use something like that, right? Too. And so you would spend a bullet point because it's a w- sort of Western. Of aesthetic. course, it's a Weller. Uh, so you spend a bullet point. And you could, if for the player, the player could spend a bullet point to activate the positive side of their baggage. Right. And the storyteller could pay the the player a bullet point to activate the negative side. Right. I think that's a cool mechanic, but have y'all changed that? It didn't work. Here's why. It was it was hard to work because what it did was it created gray mechanics for both the player and the storyteller. And initially, we were okay with that. We wanted this to be the collaborative storytelling yes. piece to our game. And the problem was every time we playtested it, it was also the piece that never worked. So what have you done? And and so, and so by the way, I think the reason it didn't work is because the rest of our mechanics are not collaborative. They're a little more traditional. Right. And so whenever those two came together, there was grayness on on how to make them combine, how okay. to work them together. And so it created problems. So what we discovered this time, though, is we're actually taking baggage and we're going to make baggage sort of a, a system that's a little bit more like uh, it's going to represent connections you have and guilds that maybe you're a part of. So it's going to be more of a background. Like it's going to be a little bit more of a background, but it'll still be something that you can, uh, that there will still be a, a bullet point commerce to it. Okay. I think so. that's a really cool idea. I, I like the way it worked before, but I also was in one of the playtests. And, and it doesn't quite work. We struggled it, with using it well. Right. So what we're trying to do is, is take it from being being real, real loosey-goosey, and we're trying to add structure to the loosey-goosiness. So you're going to tighten it up so that people kind of know what to expect when they use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tomorrow's Memorial Day, and... Yeah, you we're know, we'll definitely see. having hamburgers and hot dogs. That's right. And Carrie insisted on brats. I do. Yeah, she, she likes the big thick brats. Uh, yeah. Oh, she, you know, nothing makes Carrie happier than having a nice thick sausage laid up between a, a, a pair of buns. A pair of buns. Yeah, I've heard. All that. Right, is this how this this is going? You know, we we it's did okay. have that first episode about that, didn't we? All right. <laughs> no, if we want to go this way, we can go. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's move to combat uh, rounds, right. ladies and gentlemen. Here comes combat rounds. What's today's topic, Ryan? Seriously? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I said it was too late. I'm saying, what's today's topic? I'm introducing it. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're in com- combat rounds now. No. <laughs> oh. Today's topic, building a better player. Wait, building I, a I better wanna, podcast. I want you to keep recording for a second, and I'm going to say this. I'm buying a light so that I know when we're recording as soon as I can afford it. <laughs> I want everybody to know how much really good stuff I say that I think is being recorded and is not. <laughs> it's the only time you say anything that's good. I, I, I realize that. That's why I need a light. <laughs> All right. That's enough. All right. So today's, today's topic is building a better player. We're talking about, about things that, that people who are players can do to be a better player. What makes a better player? Let's make better players. Guys, let's do it. I... I like the fact that, like, it's clear that you've had a little bit of theater experience because you said the same sentence, like, four times. Each one was a little different. And better. I don't know if better is right. Oh, no, it was better. So you're going to go back and cut out all the ones except the one that was really good. The one that sounded the best? Yes. Isn't that what you do? It's the magic magic of post. Yeah, post, right. We'll fix all this in post. Okay, so. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) 
so are you guys good players? Let's I, I like let's to, just start there. Jason, are you a good player? I like to think I am, but I'm also uh, guilty of yelling for XP. <laughs> Seriously? Is that I, your thing? Uh, you know that's my thing. I did it for years in your game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Do you find that works? Uh, it worked exceptionally well because even though I played for, what, what did we run, about four years after I joined? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I had more XP than anybody else that was left. <laughs> I had nearly as much XP as the person who played for six years. Yeah? Yes. Yelling well, for XP works. In what ways do you think you're a bad player? Uh, because I yell for XP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you what, my, my, my single biggest flaw as a character, as a as playing character, is that I get, um, I let myself get out of the head of my character and get nervous about things that my character wouldn't be nervous about. Or I do things that doesn't that don't bother me, but would bother my character. I, I occasionally let myself get in the way. Fair. It works like when me and Carrie we role play really great together and when eh. you have a moment like that, it's it's when you have somebody to play off of, right. it's easy to get, stay in your character's head. But uh, if I'm just by myself, sometimes it's hard to stay. It starts sure. staying character. What do you think, Carrie? Is Jason a good player? <laughs> oh well, yeah. When yeah, we're together, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. When, he, when he's got me around, did I mention the actual topic today is Jason and why he sucks at games? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could do a whole episode on my mistakes. <laughs> In fact, that should be our yeah. next episode: is my mistakes, and then we'll do Carrie's mistakes. That'll be the short episode, and then Aww. we'll do like a six-part series. Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> Oh, here's oh, what's wrong with Ryan and yeah. why Heart nobody likes one. him. Yeah. What about you, Carrie? Are you do you think do you think of yourself as being a good player? That's a loaded question. Of course it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hope I am. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of times I've not, and a lot of uh DMs get very frustrated with me, but I try. What would you say that your your biggest like fault as a player is? Okay, I will admit this. I tend to fall into that category of game master who, in the back of my head, goes, I could run that better. Oh, well, I thought that everybody does that, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing is, I think it goes it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm sure you could. Storytellers are the worst players. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, it's yes. like doctors and patients. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, I try. You see the seams because you've been behind the curtain too long. Yeah. So, so I know I do that, so I tend to hold back when I role play. Because I also don't want to be in the limelight, because that's weird. If you're like, if you are normally a storyteller or game master or wizard, for your character to be in the limelight is weird because you, you you're in the limelight as a storyteller, so. right? And so I try to like not do that, and I realize that actually hampers the game sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's like one of my fault. I know I'm a, that's a fault I do. Yeah, right. one of the one of the dilemmas of being a storyteller, like you become a storyteller because you're typically on the higher end of competence as a player. I, I don't also I don't know that I agree with that because I know some people, I, I have met people over the years that I love to play with, or I love to play under. You know what I mean? I like to play in a game they're running, but not necessarily both. I, I used to okay. be uh, no, no, that's that's true. I know of a few people who are are some pretty good storytellers that were terrible players and vice versa. And I think it's because that there's two different mindsets, and if you can sh- shifting between them is not always easy. No, and I, and I agree with Carrie. It's a problem I have sometimes. Is that 
when you can see the edges, when you can tell what they're doing, right. sometimes it's a problem. It, you know, my wife, and this isn't role playing, but she watches so many detective shows that she knows who the bad guy is in the first 10 minutes. Because right. structurally, they all follow the same outline, right? right? Because otherwise it wouldn't be a detective show. So she knows what's going on way early because she's seen so many. Right. And as a storyteller, sometimes somebody's running a plot, and I figured out immediately. Yeah. And I, I know that me and Carrie did that a few years ago at a game. We both knew exactly how the plot was going to end because that's what that's how you write that plot. Yeah. You know? and, we, and we both looked at each other and was like, well, we can't. We can't interact with this. Yeah, we can't because we don't want to ruin it for the other yeah. players. Who are clearly having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times I tend to make characters that are a little bit more internal. Right. I have a character that would rather sit back and just make snarky comments to themselves or to the people next to them. That's not a character. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's, it's not role play. It's, it's not role you. That's a good um, topic. We need to do that one sometime. Uh, <laughs> yikes. You know, or I have a character that does something like my, my werewolf LARP character right now is going to start knitting. Right. So no so matter what else you're knitting. I'm doing something. And so I don't have to go solve the problem, if that makes sense. I, right. I'm doing something because I don't want to take that away from other players. Right. I, I used to know um, a guy, the way he role played was he would always have something that was going on that he did. For example, at a Boffer LARP, he made stew. And all yes. weekend, he sold stew out of his cabin. Okay. And that was what his character was doing, too. If he wanted to go on an adventure, he did. Right. But if he didn't, he had his stew to make. He had something with. to do. Yeah. I, I would like to say, if we're going to talk about what makes me a good player, though, is I... I no, we're not. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I like to believe that I am very easy for new players to talk to. Like, I, I, I believe... You do immediately interact with anybody who's new. Yeah, I try that in, in any of the games I play. Uh, you know, in, in Mushes, immediately, I'm, you know, come join this scene. Let me interact with you. Let me right. help you establish everything. Um, I like doing that because I like knowing that I've made the game a little bit more comfortable or safe feeling for a sure. new player. Also, you can use those people. Yes. Put your... <laughs> <laughs> So Ryan, tell us about your role play style. Oh, I don't. I don't think I'm a good player. Well, I mean, that's what we talk about. But I mean, what? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really don't. I don't think I'm a good player. You know, I, I am the curmudgeon. Yeah, and I think so. That, you're gonna you're gonna be curmudgeonly about yourself too. I, well, no, but I I think that I have played so much and seen so much and I've story told so much that I don't want to say that I've seen it all, but but I feel like I've seen it all, and so. I get frustrated playing very easily um, when I see an opportunity for a great story, uh, especially if it's involving my character. Sure. As, as players, part of the role of a, being a player is to be a little bit selfish. Like, you know, you're playing the game for your character. Yes. Right? Uh, it's inherent in the process. And if I see an opportunity for my character to have an experience in this great story and the storyteller is, is, has missed it, you know, or has taken it a different direction that I think I could, like Carrie said, well, I could have done that better if he would have just done this or if she would have just taken the story. But they have no way of reading your mind either. Right. And so, um, and so I, I find playing to be frustrating a lot of times, but I just, I don't, I feel like I see the flaws and I want to... You want to fix them instead of playing? Yeah, or I want to be the curmudgeon, and if I can't fix them, I want, I want to bitch about them. <laughs> you, know, you, you are grumbly. Yeah. You know? uh, I, I will say this, that all the characters that I, of yours that I've ST'd for, which I guess is two or three at this point, right. uh, 
Three, they always have a really cool history, and you always play that out. And I like that. Mm-hmm. You are amazing at finding little nuances to build an entire character around. Yeah. Well, no, for, for real. Like, I mean, I've story told for you for... 20 years. <laughs> 15. And from the very beginning, that has been one of the things, you know, you, yes, you have your faults as a as a, as a player. I actually but, think I was a better player before I became a storyteller. You know, I think that uh, that's, that's yeah. a thing called the more information you have about something, the worse you think you are at it. Sure. No, I, I actually... You think he actually was better I, for I do all because the you, there was a little bit of a, I don't want to say ignorance, but like... You you had more fun. The magic gets spoiled when yeah. you see behind the curtain. Yeah, Sometimes you definitely had more fun before you were a storyteller. Yeah. But you have always had the ability to go. My character has this one little piece of my history. Just even like what you talked about. I don't know if it was a couple episodes ago about how you like to find that one sentence in a book and yeah. create a whole plot about it. That's what you do. You find this one little nuance. You know, my character hates bird cages because he once saw a bird die and you know and like and you build this whole thing that will eventually come around to be this giant reveal at some point and like even even though i've been storytelling for you for 15 years sometimes i don't even see it coming and then i'm like there it is and you know as a storyteller it's always super exciting I mean, I, I like to think that when I say I'm a bad player, I, I hope that it's me just being hard on myself well, more than I, anything. I think you're a great player, but I do think that you are feeling burnout Sure. as a player. And that's a whole episode. That's well, a whole yeah. episode. The one, the one piece of that that I would like to say, though, is I think part of the problem is you've been playing World of Darkness games for 15, 20 years. Yeah. And you've been playing them, I wouldn't say exclusively, but... Much, much more. Than anything else. Yeah. And I think that... That, is a, that genre will wear you out. Yeah. World of Darkness is heavy. And also, over the last 15 years, it's gone through a bunch of changes. And it's a hard thing to keep following. Because right. it's not... It, you know, like it or not now, it's not the same game that you started playing 15 right. years ago. And I think you may just need a break for the World of Darkness for a little bit. Maybe. So, all of that said, we're two out of three good players here at the table. <laughs> hey, hey. So, so, I think that together we make a solid good player. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, all of that said, then, uh, help me out, guys. What makes a good player? Well, you <laughs> help me be a better player. You What's- did write a book about this. And <laughs> if I remember correctly, one of the most important things you talked about was empathy. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I believe that there are, are two groups of things that players should have that can make for the, a good player. All right? yes. and, I, and I think that there are, there's a list, there's some internal things and there are some external things. So what do you mean by internals? Well, internals are like the things that we, how you think, how you approach things, what, how you uh, process and understand what's, what's happening. So and like then, an actor might say, this is my process for getting into character. Right. And then the externals are, are be- more behavioral. Doing. So, um, so I mean, if we want to address them that way, let's go ahead and do that. Let's start with just the internals. You said empathy. I think have, being empathetic is a huge thing as a player and not just to uh to the players sitting around you but also to the storyteller that's sitting across from you so what you mean by that is to just be generally empathetic to people that are in the group with you 
I, I think so. I to mean, take them into consideration. Right. We've all played a Dungeons and Dragons game where there was some guy who joined the party and his character, uh, his character hates elves and kills every elf that he encounters. Right? And so they made an elf. And he makes that character in a game in which everyone is playing an elf. And so as the very first time everybody falls asleep, he tries to kill the rest of the party. Because they're elves. But he's just playing his character, man. Just playing my character. Yeah. And, I, and you know, like, that's... I don't know what annoys me more. That type of player or that type of dungeon master that would allow someone to make a character and like that. I think I do think the dungeon master bears bears responsibility. Yes. But I, I think we they're all... They're the gatekeeper. Yes. And I think we've all... I don't know if he's talked about this explicitly, but it's of our opinion that if you're the storyteller of a game and someone has a terrible character in your game... In some ways, it's your fault. Because yeah. you let it in. You yeah. let it in. Now, if they lied or if they misled, misled you, you right. maybe not it's deliberate, but it's your fault. You need to control it. Right. So um, so you need to be empathetic. You have a certain ideal of what you need for this game to be fun for you, right? right. And when you build your character to have those things, you also need to empathet- be empathetic about what everyone else at the table needs for the game to be fun for them. What's the golden rule? Right. You know, we're supposed to treat each other like we want to be treated. Exactly. And that's, if I make that in my, if I consider that while I'm making my character, then once I get into character, it won't be as big of a problem. Right. Right. Because you can play villains. You can play characters that are, are, that are difficult. That are gray. My Ratkin is not a good guy. Not a good guy. But because you made him with the thought of, well, I'm going to have this other person who sometimes limits me. Right. Or... I'm never going to do things that directly harm the sept because I, that's still going to be important to me. Right. And I think that's, uh, you can, you can make a dark character, you can make a hard character and still have empathy out of character for the other people. You yeah. just have to remember that while you're making them. Right. And and as I play, you know, that Ratkin is a great example because he is problematic. Yeah. By, um, by design. I, I but and not just by my design either. The design of the Ratkin, they're they're not, supposed to cause problems. They are supposed to cause problems, right? That's in the purpose genre, of the Ratkin, right? In genre, they're problematic. Yeah. Uh, and so the trick is sometimes I stop myself and I go, okay, am I about to take this one step too far to where like this entire evening is going to be them cleaning up my mess? And if so, then I take a second and I pull myself back. Right. I find an excuse because I don't ever believe I'm just playing my character. Well, you know, Carrie, one time we were talking about uh, character agency. She talked about what she called bounded agency, or uh, I don't remember the exact word, but essentially she said, I, I play the character. You right. know, I, my character has agency and can do whatever it wants as long as I say yes. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there's a fence around what my character will do yes. that I built. And yeah. he can do whatever he wants or she ever yeah. wants inside my, that fence. My personal belief is that if, if, if someone ever says, what? I'm just playing my character. You've messed up. You've messed, they've messed up. Yeah. yeah. That is, you should never say that. Right. Because you know what? You're right. You're just playing your character. Yeah. Right. You it own that character. That you. character does not own you. That's right. And, and if I think, you believe that is the if you believe that the character has influence over what it should be choosing to do or not choose, then maybe you need to go talk to somebody. <laughs> and I don't even mean that meanly. Right. I'm just saying like the you character know, does not have control over your life. Right, right. Exactly. So empathy is sort of the the internal that that is a little bit receptive of what's going on externally. But the other the the other the next internal is one that is projected out, and that's trust. 
So do you mean that you should trust the other players? I think we should always enter a game erring on the side of trusting those around you. I believe trust enables risk. Yes, absolutely. I am, I am not going to... Uh, we've, Especially this is... You'll encounter this a lot in organizational play where you're traveling to games run by strange sto- stranger storytellers. Like Difference. storytellers who are strangers. Yes. You know, you're going and to different And some strange places. storytellers. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and there, you'll hear from time to time, well, my character would kill that guy, right? But I'm not going to do it in I'm not going to do it in that game because if I do it in that game, I don't trust those storytellers to run it fair. Right. So I'm going to do it the next time we run into them over at this other game. So suddenly you're vampiring out of character. Right. We should only be playing vampire in character. Yeah. We should this never is, be playing out of character. Yeah. But but the point of this though is that's sort of the rev- sort of a negative version of this, but trust enables risk. You're not going to have your character take a risk if you don't feel like you can trust your storytellers and the players around you. And yeah. so I feel like if we want to have a fun game, fun games involve risk in most genres. Uh, and so we need to trust our the people around us to to be able to take those good risks. And so I think that being willing to trust those around you, at least until they've betrayed it, should that happen. I right. hope it doesn't. Give them the opportunity to betray you. Right. But go and be willing to give people trust. And sometimes, you know what? I have found myself, I'll trust storytellers that I know aren't trustworthy. Like sometimes, and a lot of times it works out anyway. And a lot of times it works out anyway, but you know. And I'll, then you're pleasantly surprised. And you're pleasantly okay. surprised. You go, oh good, that worked out. And and it's because I enjoy the risk. And I'm not going to be able to take that risk if I can't at least just decide, I'm just going to trust they're going to do this right. I think there's another half of that. If you are a storyteller, please be worthy of that trust. Absolutely. And we talked about that some last week, but I think that's something to always consider right trust is a hard one for me and by that i mean like as a storyteller when someone doesn't trust me i don't want to show you my sheet you don't need to see my you know why should i trust you with my sheet then don't play in my game right like like i I get a little defensive like when people are like you know if somebody comes into my game and then i get to see their sheet yeah or or i get to see their background if if someone's playing in my mush you know if you trust me, great. If you don't, don't play in my mush. Right. You know, and, and that's fair. If they and, don't trust me, but I also me. realize that I get that's one of the few things that actually gets me riled up. It's your button. Yeah, it's like one of my buttons. I'm just like get out, you know, flipping <laughs> tables, you know, um, which I don't flip a table because I've actually had a chair table flip. Yeah, thrown yeah. at you. That's I right. had chair uh, chairs thrown at me. Twice. I think that's something we need to think about too as uh, role players is that real real talk here. The stakes are incredibly low. <laughs> right? Yeah. Here, Here's the deal. The only way to make game fun is to take risks and do do those cool things, for me anyway, that I can't do in real life. Like, I can't be the prince of a city. I can't be the alpha of a pack. I can't jump off a cliff. Right. You know. But what I can do... <laughs> Yesterday, I, you couldn't even jump on a trampoline. I, I did have trouble jumping on a trampoline. <laughs> uh, but what I can do is pretend to do those things in a role-playing game. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I just go ahead and trust that they're going to run it right, then I have that chance to do that. Right. If I trust that the other people around me are going to react as they're in character and they're not going to cheat... Right. then I'm going to have the opportunity to have a good time. And if they do cheat, if they do kill my character, 
And I, you know, I've been there. I've been cheated out of a character before, and I got really upset. I think at some point, but I shouldn't have gotten that upset. I should have just walked away. Right. I think sometimes you don't just need to trust that the storyteller will handle it fair, but also you should trust that if they don't handle it fair, that it'll work out. Right. Also, it's not the end of the world. Along with trust, um, I had mentioned earlier the like, well, I can do it better. Even though you sometimes think that. You've got to trust in the people running whatever to they're let running them to let them play out what they're going to yeah. do. Because sometimes it is better than what I thought it was going to be or what I could have ran. And sometimes it's not. But, but it's still fun. But it's still fun. And that's also part of being a good player is not being a poop about stuff. <laughs> so the next another internal thing I think that we need we a good player has is patience. Right. I was going to say I was reading ahead on the outline, and that's my hardest one. Really? Yes. Why is it hard for you to be patient? Uh, well, lots of things. Mostly, you know... Come on, come on, come on. Hurry course, up. Yes. Hurry up. Obviously, everybody blames their ADD, <laughs> which, of course, I'd say everybody in the world has, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to babble for a little while, but the that's most okay. important thing is I, that... I'll take it out You'll take post. all that out. <laughs> the reason why patience is important to me is I have a limited amount of time in my life to role play. Yes. Fair. And I love to role play. So if I sit down for five hours a game and I feel like I have an hour of dead space, I hate it. You wasted an hour. You could have been gaming. Because you don't have much gaming time. Because I don't have much gaming time. Plus, and that's even do- that's even worse if you're a storyteller because most of your gaming time is spent running games. Yeah. So the few times you get to game... You want it's, to actually play. Yes. Right. The problem is, that, you know, if you storytell all the time, you're not involved in the plots, so it's hard to just walk yeah, in and is. be involved. Patience is necessary as a player because, frankly, you're not always the one in the spotlight. No, no. And you have to be patient because if everyone is going to have fun, then sometimes that means you have to let them have their fun. Right. Yeah. You know what? There was a time that this really paid off for me years ago. I was playing in a Boffer LARP, and my character was assigned guard duty. And I stood there all night and looked into the woods, and it was kind of boring, but I did my best to stay in character the whole time. Right. And the next day, everybody who ran off and did other stuff came up to me and said, hey, we're going to put you in charge of this thing because you're the only one who was responsible enough to actually stay on guard duty all night. And so for years later, I had extra cool stuff I got to go do because I did the thing I was asked to do. I was patient and stood there and did my guard duty all night. All That's right. That's awesome. What else? What, what are some other things you think? Have you been patient, Carrie? Uh, ha- have I been patient? Have uh, you been patient? Uh, sometimes. Have you been impatient? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I get, the older I get and the less time I have to Actually, play. game, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of, you know. I'm also that guy, and I know that y'all have talked about it, is like when everybody drops character and they're having a good time and laughing, like, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I came here to roll dice. I can laugh and drink with people a lot more often than I can roll dice. Right. So let's actually play this game because I could talk to you assholes anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what other what other internal things do you think players um, accepting no? That's that's Carrie's big one. Oh, just if 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 someone running a game tells you no, there is a reason that they have said no. It falls back to trust. Trust. Your game runner, if they say no... There's a reason. There is a reason. You don't always have to be... You don't always have to win. You don't always have to get the special thing. You know, uh, years ago when I first started playing y'all's game, I asked for a specific merit, 
huge size. Mm-hmm. And y'all both recognized that I was doing it to be cheesy. And you get, got like an extra health level. I get an extra system. health level, plus I was playing a get a finner, so I automatically get another extra health yeah, level. Yeah, you were stacking a bunch of stuff. So, you know, I had I would have had more health levels than anybody, and I would have been right. the new player with this huge stack of stuff. And you said no, and it's fair. And there was other people later on who got a yes for that for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, after a while, I was like, you know what? It was the right choice. This this was good. I think that, that it's important as players to accept when you're told no, because at some point, if you get told no and you take it well, I'm more inclined to tell you yes next time. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you remember this or not, Ryan. Uh, back, in, back in the day in Sh- Chicago Werewolf, uh, mm-hmm. before you were a storyteller, when Ryan Galeato was was running. Name so drop. this is like 60 Name years drop. ago. So yeah, 60 years ago. Um, he used to have a clipboard that he would keep all of his game notes on. Right. And when a player would come up and ask him something, he just lift it up and flip it, and it said no really big. <laughs> no! It, it was so funny. I tell you what, I run into people all the time who who want people to say yes to everything. Right. Now, And there's, there's a side to that where, you know, you said the yes... But, or no and, or no but, yes, you know, all and, that. And there's, that's good stuff. Right. Uh, but people also want the game to be the one that they signed up for. Yeah. So, like, if I'm running a vampire game and I'm going to focus on the Camarilla in my game, or the Anarch movement, and then I let a bunch of people play Independent Alliance, it's not focused on the Anarch movement anymore. So the people who started this game who bought into the idea that I was going to play a member of the Anarch movement, and so everybody else was, they're not getting to play that game anymore. Right. Because you said yes too many times. If everyone is a special snowflake, then no one, no one represents what Then it's just is. a blizzard. It's just a blizzard. Right. It's a whiteout. And, and if that's the game you're running and you tell them that, it's different. Right. But if you tell them, I'm going to run a standard vampire game, or I'm going to run a standard werewolf game, or Changeling or whatever, and then everything is something weird, then they're not playing a standard game anymore. I believe that healthier games have boundaries. Yes. When you put your players within within fences, which means sometimes they're told no because the question would put them outside the fence, right? Yes. You know, and you're... Uh, they, you only get certain things. Get certain at certain times. We'll get a yes, and then they're ex- special and exceptional and things, right? I think that you end up with a a better game because if you say yes to everything, and I know saying yes to everything is trendy with the collaborative storytelling. Well, there's it's not supposed to be just yes to everything. There's but, but to be that's a how yes. a lot of people run them though. I, uh, I've seen it. Yes, and, I've seen it. And I but, think though that you but. end up with yes, but I think that. You end up with just a, a game gone wild, right? You know, I, it's a little bit. I mean, I, I don't want to comp- compare players to children, but you know, it's that sort of like like testing to see how far how well, far mom will let me go before I get in trouble. As a player, and we were talking about player flaws earlier, right. I will definitely push the boundaries. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me if somebody puts a fence in front of me, right? Because as long as that fence is there for the vast majority of people, I'm fine with it, yeah. right? And I think this leads very much into the next internal, which is which is that we all as players have to take a moment and sort of understand the big picture. And, and part of understanding the big picture, first of all, is knowing that as a player, you'll never understand the big picture. Because as a player, there's tons of stuff you don't know. Yeah. The storyteller <laughs> ha- knows the bad guy's secrets. The storyteller knows the other player's secrets. Like, there's always things that you don't know. Do you remember... 
when uh, we were running Werewolf, and one of our players, Chewy, decided to just start putting all the plots on our big white yeah. whiteboard, right? My favorite part about that was... Is that later on, when I found out all the secrets, most of them were wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he started, uh, he actually did a diagram. He of, wrote like the 30 plots, plot things that were going on in the game. Right, yeah. and started connecting everything and, and all that. He got some of the connections right. And, and some of them he got wrong. And he, like, there were some plots written on there that Ryan and I have no idea what they were talking about. Like, they had just <laughs> made up plots. And, but it was great. And he was like... All right, I have every plot that's going on. And Ryan and I just looked at each other and shook our head because they were missing like three. Like, <laughs> as a player, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> as a player, you never know everything that's going on. Right. You know, even and, in those big games where they tell you all the secrets up front, you're still not going to know what everybody's doing. No. Right. And so, part of understanding the big picture is understanding you'll never understand the big picture. But then the next piece of that is understanding that the game as a whole, meaning the game, the plot, the story, the storyteller, and the players around you. The game as a whole is more important than you. What? Singular. And it's super hard to understand, but if I tell you no, it's usually, usually because of something else going on with the game as a whole. Oh, so you're I saying can't I can't play Bastet because actually there's this other person who's a secret Bastet, and I don't know that, and having three or four Bastet in the game would be weird. Right. But having that one secret one, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's things like that. We have to understand the big picture. The game is more important than any any one piece of it. So you're saying and if each are... one of us plays for the big picture, then we'll all have a better time? Right. What? We all, yeah. It's about all of us having fun together. Yes. All right. Well, then the last, the last internal is, guys, self-police your own shit. So you're saying, <laughs> hey... <laughs> I thought I was supposed to try to be terrible, and you were supposed to stop me. No. the be- I think a good player is one who knows, if I ask this question, I'm going to be told no, because it's just ridiculous. Oh, so, so I shouldn't ask for stupid stuff? I shouldn't ask for stupid stuff just to see what happens? Right. You're uh, damaging the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. For asking for the something stupid? Because the game is bigger than and just And I'll you. even say, it's even worse when you know it's and you're stupid. trying to slip it past. And you try to slip it past. Yeah. Like, that makes you a shitty player. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah. nothing, like, I don't care. I don't mind if a player, you know, PMs me a question and is like, can I do this thing? And I'm like, wow, no, that's really overpowered and all that. But if they try to slip it by me or go ask another storyteller because they know I'll say no, but they might say yes. They mommy, daddy and, you? Yeah, they mommy, daddy or, you know, no, don't be a shitty player right if you know that that there are you know six people sitting at the table with you and five of them are playing special snowflake play characters and you want to make a uh, another special snowflake character then you should know either it's supposed to be a game filled with special snowflakes or you should play something normal and not ask for a special snowflake because there's enough already uh, here's something that this is, again, from the storyteller perspective. Whenever I ran an event game, people would bring me their sheets. And I would say, look, I don't need to see your sheet. You built it with the right XP. I don't have time to audit everybody's sheet as they come in the door. You just tell me this flat out. Do you have anything stupid on there that I need to know about? And you know what? There's a lot of people who do. And they'll admit it. <laughs> they'll say, oh, yeah, I've got this stupid thing my storyteller let me do. And then I'll say, no. Right. And say, so, well, what about... 
Yes. No. If you know it's stupid, you just outed yourself. <laughs> then don't no. do it. The the other thing that oh oh when they go well I wouldn't let this in my game then but no. I want to play no. well no right if if it's no right Ooh. Mm. here's here's my least favorite uh, this is the version that drives me crazy the guy who knows the rules really really well so he's like hey can I have X you're like yeah man you can have that because that seems normal right and then later on he's like hey uh, can I have Y you're like yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's fine. And then a couple of years down the road, maybe even, they're like, hey, I need Z. You're like, yeah, Z's fine. And then the next game, you realize, nope, you put those three together and something's stupid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I didn't know that because I didn't get that connection in the rules. And guess what? Now you can't trust him. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. And, well, and there's nothing worse than feeling like you can't trust a player or a storyteller. I, I know we're talking about being a better player right now, but as a storyteller, the first thing you do is you take that guy aside and say, hey, uh, I just noticed what you did because you just tried to pull that. Um, no. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, yeah, that's not cool. Let's figure out how we fix this and never do that again. Yeah. And as a player, don't be that guy. Don't try to put something over on your storyteller. If you've got a really cool idea of how you want the rules to interact, if you'll tell me... Maybe right. I'll say yes. Right. If, especially if it's if you really think it's fun and interesting, but if you just think it's to get power. And I'll, I'll go back on this. Police yourself when you're power gaming. Right. Like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with making a character who's really good at something, but when you think you're probably breaking the system, don't. Right. Because you're ruining it for others. Yeah. Right. Because this is a problem I used to run into a lot in LARP, and I didn't realize how toxic it was until later. Once somebody makes a broken character and the storytellers let it slide, I now have to make a broken character. To yep. compete. To compete. Right. And then or, or to keep up. To keep up. And then the next guy's got to make a broken character. And the next guy. And then finally your whole game is right. a bunch of cheese dicks. Well, it's, this is part of, <laughs> this is part of my, my reasons for disliking, disliking the concept of floor XP. So, because but, everybody has so much. Because then everybody's got to keep up. Yeah. But. Well, that's a whole episode. That's a whole episode. I All think right, we so really do need to do an episode of XP. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because people scream more about that than anything. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about things now, that the external things that people can need to think about to help be better players. I think the very first external thing that I think of when I think of good players is mentoring. Like, to me, a good player is mentoring those around them. So, like when Carrie says, you see a new player, you pull them into a scene with you. Well, that's just, I mean, that's kind of just being inclusive. That That's kind of... So, about, you would say it's even more. I, I sit down with like, somebody and help them make their character. Yes. And kind of teach them the rules. Right. If, uh, if, if you're playing Dungeons & Dragons and for whatever reason the brand new player decided to make the most complicated wizard in, in Dungeons & Dragons history, like, you're sitting next to him. Help him find the spells that, that he should have. Yes. Help them find the the page where the chart that she needs to roll on yeah. is at. You know, mentor players. I mean, I would say as a Dungeons and Dragons player, part of mentoring is to look at the brand new player and say, "Don't play a wizard your first time out." Right. You know, but it also depends because I've I've had in running my vampire LARP, we had a, a first time player come in and said, "I wanted to play. I want to play a Tremere." And that's basically playing a wizard your first right. time. Right. And I went, "Oh no, don't do that!" And then she ended up running the Tremere in like the entire half of the United States. Because so, because she was a competent player. She was competent. So she read be, the rules. Yeah. So just be aware. Like I wouldn't say don't tell people no. Just mentor them if they need that help. 
depending on... I think as a storyteller, that's a lesson that a lot of us uh, take the wrong way. We always say no to the new person who plans to wants to play the wizard, when maybe we should just spend a little more time and teach them how to play yeah, the wizard. Yeah, I, I do think we should suggest that they consider. Yeah, consider. Let them know how difficult it is. Yes, absolutely. But I'm saying I wouldn't just say no to a normal thing like a wizard or a right. Tremere, you know, unless there's a reason like we have too many or there's That's been different. a ban yeah. and no, there are none in the city at all yes, or right. whatever. I also think that, that one of the things that makes a good player is, is putting in effort. And, and this goes this goes back to am I there? Am I seeing this guy that we opened the show with? <laughs> Pay attention <laughs> to what's going on. Just because you're not directly in the scene doesn't mean you shouldn't be paying attention. This comes into play not just in a situation like what I was talking about at the opening, but for example, mass combat. Pay attention so that every time it's your turn, we don't have to stop and recap and tell you everything that's going on. I'm not on. supposed to be playing on my phone. Well, your, your sarcasm is bringing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to play counterpoint. <laughs> no, but all you're doing is repeating what I just said with a question mark. What? That's... I'm putting in the effort. Yes, line. and... That's putting in the effort? Oh, okay. I guess not. So what should I be Wait, doing? Wait, you guess not? Are we recording... <laughs> I don't know anymore. You need the light. Do you? <laughs> so, but you know, pay attention when when it's just because it's just because it's not your turn in combat doesn't mean you shouldn't be listening to what the other players. Yes, actions absolutely. Are. Yeah. Because, like you said, uh, a recap is terrible, especially for the person who's supposed to be paying attention this whole time, and then they want to recap and to to do something really complicated and important <laughs> that right. doesn't work. Because they weren't paying attention and missed the fact that that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. Pay, pay attention. I, th- I think another thing you can do to put an effort, write a, write, write a history for your character. I love when people turn in character histories. Now, I'm not saying you need to write a thesis paper. Mm, yeah. I want, somebody once told me that if you write more than a page, it's too much. Right. Because, you know, what? I, I can tell you as a story, as a longtime storyteller, there are storytellers out there who, who want a book. Who want a book. But I would tell you, most storytellers, if it's more than a page, we're not going to read it. We just don't have time. And the other thing, here's a secret, is that if you write more than a page, I'll never put, bring it into play because it's too much information for me to remember. Oh, yeah. You because cognitive load. There's six people. If it's a tabletop game, there's six other people sitting at the table right. who also wrote 10 pages I have to remember. Yep. I'm not going to remember 70 pages. But if each of the six people only write one, I'll remember all six pages, and your histories will all be littered throughout my game. That's cool. I like that. And yeah. so so don't write too much because storytellers are human. And but do write enough. But write enough that they can do something. So you would say that write a page, but write a good page. Or, or, in, it or even, even bullet point. It can be bullet I like points. You know what? I like bullet point character histories because while your prose may be brilliant, right? I have to figure out what's important. Yeah. Yeah. But with a bullet point, I can go straight down the list and go, oh, this was your sire, or this was your dad, yeah. or this was the time you get your hand cut off, and why. Right. And I know Carrie is a particularly a big, she's a big fan of character histories that involve uh, tentacle porn. Oh, oh, oh no. That's a, is that a whole episode? That oh, should be I a this one time a game. Did we, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. We did talk about that. Was that first or second episode where I don't know. I, break I, it I, in new I, storytellers? I, I, yeah, yeah. So that's how we broke it. Yeah, in. so pay attention. Uh, write write a little bit of a history, and I would also say, read the books, 
even if you just read the section on what you're playing. This is something that I uh, I really hate is when people like play a, a clan or a tribe or whatever. Like uh, like in Dystopia Rising, they've got books for every strand. Right. Uh, there's a lot of games out there who have specific for the type of character. Werewolf the play. Apocalypse has tribe books. Right. Vampire has clan books. Mm-hmm. Dungeons Even and D&D Dragons, has, yeah, class yeah. books and race books. Well, I don't think not so much anymore. But like they don't have in the class the, books anymore. Like, yeah, but like in the second, third, uh, second yeah. edition, like there was but, complete book of thieves and right. stuff like that. Right. What, whatever you play. Read the main book, obviously. Or at least read the section in the that, main that book. That you need. That you need. <laughs> and then, if you can, read the book on the thing you are. Right. Because usually it's not that big, and it's well worth it because everybody else at the table, if they all read it, it gets you get a much deeper experience because you all know this extra information that you can play off of right. each other with. And, and you might find a little, you know, like Carrie talks about how I like the little sliver sec- uh, sentences that I can grab and build into my character something great or, or whatever. And you might find something like that. There might be a character aspect that you go, oh, you know what? I had never thought about that. That would be like that if I was, you know, uh, of that race or whatever. Right. And my, my favorite example of that in, in my role playing was when I played a Geta Fenris. If you just read the main book for the Geta Fenra, you know, the Werewolf the Apocalypse book, it doesn't mention at all that there's a right called the Right of War. Right. But if you read the tribe book, it's a, it's a big part of the, the ritual of becoming an adult Geta Fenris is going through this right. And most of the really great scenes that I got to play that were just player-driven mm-hmm. were about the right of war and people becoming an adult. Yeah. And if you hadn't read that other book, you would have no idea what was going yeah. on. Why are these people doing this? And now I will say, in fairness, reading on that one, reading the book is not always going to make other players around you have a harder time, but it will make you a better player because you'll have a better understanding of what you're playing. And you can mentor them. And then you can mentor them. Right. And you can write and, a better history. And you know what? There's something really fun about teaching in-character things. Oh, yeah. I love that. Especially when you teach them wrong as a joke. Well, no, I mean... Uh, well, I, <laughs> like, I have done that, but I was very clear out of character. Hey, guys, my character is a trickster. And very famously, you taught a whole generation of pups the litany wrong. Well, no, not the litany. I, I told them... Was uh, it were-goats? Yeah, I, I told them all that there were were-goats. Aren't there were-goats? Aren't they Are they? Apis? Isn't that in a book somewhere, or is that something you made up and everybody believes it? I didn't make up a name for it, but okay. but either way, like I told them they were creatures of the worm, of the true worm, and that that's they're why they eat kudzu. That's why they eat everything. Ooh. Um, it made sense in genre, so sure. people went with it. But you know, it was this fun flavor thing. But I made sure out of character Brand to be like, actually. "Hey guys, I don't think that this is in a book anywhere. I'm just right. my character is full of BS." Okay, and everyone was like, "Yes, we're going with it." <laughs> All, right. All right, so. Uh, Along with reading the books, do you also kind of keep little cheat sheets for your rules I that think, you need? I think having cheat sheets is is a huge, huge boon towards being a better player. I, I, you know what? And I've been guilty of this. I have to look up a power that I haven't used a bunch of times, and I need to, you know, I just need to do that. Keep a I keep th- a note card. I think cheat sheets are important for a lot of reasons. I think a lot of it is game flow. You right. Know, like if you if you have a power on your sheet and you don't know how it works. Um, and you're in the middle of combat or something, and you decide, I'm going to use this power, but I don't know how it works. Well, then you've got to flip through books till you can find it, read it. And I'm not saying that you should, zero, I mean, you can Xerox that page and keep it with your character sheet. 
But even if you had a cheat sheet that just had the book and the page number, so you could flip right to it. A lot of people do the dice roll or the uh, whatever whatever the pool is that you have to... I love character sheets that have that. That's you, really cool. You mean like where it says, uh, this power uses charisma plus intimidation. Yes, absolutely. All right, so I guess that uh, sums up kind of our thoughts on things that folks can do to be a better player. So Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and drop out of combat, and we'll go to game rap. Woohoo, game rap! Mm-hmm. I was waiting to make sure you weren't going to say something else. No, no, nothing this time. All right. I need, to, I need a light to tell you I've got something pithy, but I never know. All right, welcome to game rap. I'm so glad that all of you survived that combat. So, uh, before we get into giving out XP, let's just remind everybody that we can be found at onrollpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere, Spotify. 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 Anywhere else that you uh, find your podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe to us. Or if you like us, please give us a five-star rating wherever you have listened to it at. That's uh, exciting. Or you can pay the $500 fee on the Patreon to not give a five star. We, that one made it, right? Uh, no. no. Oh, no. Okay. All right, so you can go to patreon.com slash podcast if you'd like to help support Honor Roll. Let us continue doing this for you. You can hang out with us at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast, And, of course, you can email us at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. Yay! So let's go ahead and give out some XP. Carrie, you get uh, one XP for attendance. Oh, and uh, 100 XP for saying that I'm a good player. <laughs> well, somebody had to say it. It's yeah. true. Uh, you also get 10 XP for all your work, making sure our Patreon account is up and running and, Aww, and doing well. We you know, if it that. wasn't for Carrie, we wouldn't be breaking even right now. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> uh, Jason, you get 5 XP for attendance, uh, 1 XP for travel, oh, because you. you come from so far. Right. Uh, I'm also going to give you 10 XP for your use of the word pithy several times this evening. It's my favorite new word. Yeah. I, I, I think I deserve XP because the one thing you've been asking me to do from the very first episode, which is turn in my... Uh, character history. I'm finally your done. biography. Yes. Your bio? Well, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't want. I want to go ahead and get the XP now. I don't, don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll give you one XP for it, and then we'll uh, we'll see. We'll work. Yeah, we'll see how it comes out next week. Okay. So okay. anyway, and speaking of next week, join us next week when our topic is the effects. That memes of Jason Hughes pooping have on role-playing games. It's been very popular in underground theater. That's right. Until next time, remember the only way to win an RPG is to have fun. and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Uh-huh.